Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. To the masters, break it down. DFS, DJ Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are on to the divisional round of the playoffs. Wildcard week is in the books. And I think we got a pretty good, solid slate here of games. Four-game slate here, uh, you know, starting things off with it's going to be Houston and Baltimore on Saturday. And then we got Green Bay and San Francisco on Saturday night. And then Tampa Bay, Detroit on Sunday, followed by Kansas City and Buffalo wrapping up the 530 game. A lot of different narratives for this slate. Uh, totals are pretty good, too. You have the San Francisco-Green Bay game that is up to a 50.5-point total. And then Detroit game is 48.5, followed by the Chiefs game and the Bills, which is 45.5. And, and then the lowest is the Texans and Ravens, which is a 43.5-point total. A couple of these games uh, we've already seen once this year. Uh, the Lions already played the Bucks earlier in the season. And then we also had the, the Ravens play the Texans earlier in the year. And obviously the Chiefs played the Bills. So a lot of these teams have already, you know, we've already had a little bit of uh, action against these teams, but I'm excited for this slate because pricing, I think, makes things a little bit interesting. We really only have one true decision, I think, in terms of like a major payup, and that's Christian McCaffrey, who's 8,800. But I mean, the quarterbacks, you know, you have. So let's start there where we always start at, but which is going to be the key to every slate for the most part. And you have Josh Allen, who is 8K, Lamar Jackson, who is 79, followed by Mahomes, who is. I don't know. I don't know when the last time he was this cheap at 6,800. The last time he was under 7K may have been his rookie year. Uh, uh, the last time he was under $7,000. But um, And then you have C.J. Stroud at 6,700. Brock Purdy, 65. Goff, 63. Jared Love at 62. And then 6K for Baker Mayfield here in these matchups. And so I think there's a couple really different ways that you can go here in terms of building. But what are you looking at here in terms of the quarterbacks? Yeah, so I really like the loading up on the idea of loading up on on every part of San Francisco. Uh, you know, I think Green Bay's defense is is a liability for them, uh, and I have confidence that that their offense should be able to move the ball a little bit. Um, so I think that if there was going to be a game that that ends up in a back and forth uh, this weekend, I would say it's either San Francisco and Green Bay or Detroit and Tampa Bay. But I think I have more confidence in in the San Fran Green Bay game sh- turning into a, a back and forth shootout, and even if it doesn't, um, I just San, San Francisco coming off a bye, you know they 
they came off a bye earlier this year against Jacksonville in week 10 and they won 31 to three. Um, I, that, that offense is just going to be rolling. Um, they're, you know, green Bay's defense just has not been good down the stretch. They're one of the worst. Uh, and I mean, Dallas put up points on them last week. It was just the Dallas's issue was their defense, right? Like they just, the defense gave up points after points, after points, after points and, and never made any stops. So, I mean, Dak, Dak pretty much was playing catch up from, from, you know, the first quarter, but I mean, even with that, you know, Dallas being one dimensional, they were still able to move the ball and score points. So I like Purdy at 6,500. He's pretty much, I think, the best bet for 25 points here on this slate. And I don't know that we're going to get a, a 30 plus point game uh, on this slate from a QB uh, like we had last week with like Josh Allen and Dak. Um, I think that Kansas City Buffalo game is going to play a little gross. It's, you know, outside of, you know, the last, what was it? 30 seconds of that one game, you know, Kansas city Buffalo has historically played to, to like that 24 to 20 uh, score. Like the defenses are for both teams have been playing well this year. Uh, it's in Buffalo, um, you know, where, where Buffalo's defense plays better, you know, Kansas city's offense hasn't looked great from a ceiling perspective this year. And I mean, even Buffalo at times has, has shown that, you know, they'll turn the ball over as well. Um, despite moving the ball a ton and putting up a ton of yards. And, I mean, Buffalo almost lit Pittsburgh into that game last week, and it's because, you know, they their offense just, you know, stopped scoring. So um, I just think that game plays a little lower scoring, and it's one of the lower lower totals games of the week. Uh, it's at 45-5, uh, so that checks in as number three. Um, so for me, it's, it's either Purdy or Love or uh, Golf or Baker. Um, the, the question I think for golf is, is if you believe his recent, uh, success against the blitz, uh, he played Denver and put up 31 and then played Minnesota and put up 23. And he also played this Tampa Bay, uh, team earlier this year and put up 25. And we know Tampa Bay is going to bring the blitz. And I, and I mentioned Denver and Minnesota because those are also two other teams that blitz at a league high rate. Um, so historically golf has not been great against the blitz, but you know, over the second half of the season, and playing Tampa Bay earlier this year, you know, he's shown uh, the ability to to be effective against it. And you look at this matchup for uh, Detroit when they played Tampa earlier this year, they ran they ran the ball only like 20, 20 it was in the low 20s and then golf through it 44 times. So, you know, they were they were planning to throw that game. They threw it the entire game. Uh, and, and I would expect a lot of a lot of the same here. Um, you know, the, the, when the Eagles were being interviewed about why they didn't run the ball against Tampa Bay uh, in the game last week. They, they said that Tampa Bay presents, you know, fronts that you just simply can't run on. And a lot of that was they Tampa Bay just lined up saying, we're bringing the house and you're not going to run on us. And, you know, you're just going to have to throw it deep to beat us. Um, and I think if Tampa Bay comes out with that same approach, it's going to result in big plays for, for Detroit. Um, you know, Amon Ra one-on-one <laughs> that isn't, that's not something as a defense that, you know, I have confidence in, in being able to stop, um, even Jamison Williams, right? Like that's, that's definitely a, a deep ball threat and a guy that should be on the field a ton, um, and should be able to, uh, you know, take advantage of a, a team that's running a cover zero blitz, uh, you know, some deep targets there to Jamison Williams and, and Josh Reynolds is another one as well. So, um, if, I haven't seen if Khalif I, did Khalif Raymond get put on IR. I don't even know. Is there IR at this point in the year? Yeah, he's on IR. 
Yeah. So if he well, he's got a Q tag, he's not he, he's not practicing though. He's non participant. Um. So if he's out, I I again I think it just solidifies Reynolds and uh Jameson Williams into their roles uh, as opposed to those guys rotating rotating a little bit. Um. And I just like Detroit passing offense as a whole. Um. It's just going to come down to whether you want to play, you know, Purdy or Goff, um, or I think Love. I do think Baker's in play. Uh, the Detroit pass defense has not been good, and Baker has looked pretty solid. I just don't know. From a pay-up perspective, I just don't know if I can pay the 7200 for Mike Evans because I want to play Amon Ron, I want to play McCaffrey, and Evans is kind of in no man's land for me. And if I'm not playing Evans, I definitely can't play Baker. Um, because I don't want to play Godwin. I don't want to play Otten. And those are really the only two guys. I guess you can make an argument for, for Trey Palmer, but you don't need Baker for Palmer either. Um, so it's it's tough for me to get to Baker, but I, I don't hate it. So the thing with Detroit is the Detroit pass defense has been really bad, but the one thing they have done a really good job at is scoring touch or a lot of limiting teams from scoring touchdowns. Uh, they have not been doing that. They have been getting up a ton of yardage. It's just teams have not been getting there. They buckle down. It's kind of a bend-don't-break defense for Detroit. And so that's why I don't really love Tampa Bay here in this spot. Um, I think when you're looking at these games, I think the game – I agree. But the only thing that worries me with the Green Bay-San Francisco game is a couple of things. Because uh, both the uh, the Packers have been since Week Nine. They are top three in pressure rate. They have rushed the quarterback. They they allow or they pressure the quarterback at forty three percent, which is the third highest rate in the league. And we know Brock Purdy tends to at times struggle against pressure. Uh, we, I mean, it's kind of a few weeks ago when they played Baltimore. That was the thing that uh, I wasn't really when everybody wanted to play him on that. Uh, what was that? I think that was the Christmas Day slate. Um, yeah. I didn't have any of them because I felt like Baltimore was going to be able to get home and they did. Um, and they really wrecked Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy hasn't been great in games that especially they've had to trail and they, they have to come back from. And if the Packers were able to get out to a, an early lead, I think that would be very big issues with San Francisco. San Francisco really plays very balanced and they really want to run the ball. I mean, that's really what they want to do. I mean, they're 32nd in the league and, and pass plays per game. So they're not a team that throws the ball a ton. They've gotten there through the ultra efficiency of how good this offense is with, you know, Debo Samuel and and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and obviously uh, or Christian McCaffrey. But that's what worries me. And I know the San Francisco is nine and a half point favorite, so it sets up to be that. But it's hard to deny how good the Packers offense has been uh, really for the last, you know, couple of months of the season. I mean, Jordan Love has arguably been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, over that span, and he's only $6,200. And I think a lot of people are just going to completely overlook Green Bay. Oh, this is completely different. This is San Francisco. I'm not playing them. The problem is here is that San Francisco's secondary is trash. Like, they are not good. Their secondary is not great. Um, outside of really uh, Charvarius Ward, they don't really have anybody that you're really afraid of. And if they can't get pressure on Jordan Love, it's going to be a problem. And Green Bay's uh, offensive line, has, uh, especially their, against the pass, have been phenomenal this year. They've done a very good job uh, with that, which we saw it against the, the Dallas Cowboys. They were they really didn't let, allow a whole lot of pressure. And if that's the case, uh, I think this team could throw all over San Francisco. 
And so that would be the only thing that that would concern me. And I, but I do think that that's why I think uh, when you look at Green Bay, I think Jordan Love is uh, once again a very easy, cheap stack to get to because the rest of the pass catchers are super cheap. You have Jaden Reed, who's fifty two hundred, and Romeo Dobbs is fifty six hundred. The only thing that I think you can make a case for is it's hard to really, you know, because they have so many different options that they tend to spread the ball around. I mean, Romeo Dobbs last week I know went nuclear with six catches, 151 yards and a score, but that was by far the biggest game he's had all year. I mean, that's really the only, I think what, that's the only game he's had all, all year where he scored above 20 DK points. So this isn't something that really we should have saw coming, but I still think Jaden Reed is in a phenomenal spot here. Um, the, the 49ers run cover three and cover four uh, nearly 60% of the time. Jaden Reed has been the best wide receiver against both of those coverages uh, on this team. I don't know and why was, he's $5,200. Well, no I think sense. some of it's because, I mean, he, obviously he was a little frustrating. He only saw in that, that that offensive explosion, he only saw three targets and had zero catches. I had a lot of Jaden Reed, but I'm going to go right back to the well. I don't care. Uh, they dropped him down to $5,200. And so Romeo Dobbs is back to being more expensive than he is. So, I like Romeo, or I do like Jaden Reed. I'm going to have no problem going there. Agreed. But I think I think it's kind of an easy stack. You go Jordan Love, Jaden Reed. Um, and then I think from there, if you want to run it back, I think you can run it back for Christian McCaffrey. It's an easy way to fit him in and get, get a little bit different. Because I don't think a lot of people are going to play Jordan Love. And I think that's a mistake. I think there's a legitimate shot that Green Bay can beat San Francisco. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's crazy. The other thing that always that does worry me a little bit, it's just more narrative-based, but – how, how rusty are these offenses? I mean, uh, you know, with with Green or with San Francisco and Baltimore, both these teams have been off for nearly three weeks because they sat week 18. They didn't play last week. And we kind of see it a lot where these teams come out and they just look flat that they uh, because they've been out for so long. And so that worries me a little bit as well. But because I just don't think that Brock, if you can get pressure on Brock Purdy, that's where problems are going to come. So that's what worries me. And then on the other uh, and then another game that's kind of similar, Houston has really been ramping up. I mean, they've been getting home a lot. Uh, we saw them kind of wreck shop last week. They absolutely annihilated that Green Bay or that that Cleveland defense that we all thought was uh, phenomenal. Now, I will say, Cleveland's defense on the road uh, was a problem. Uh, they allowed thirty. They allowed thirty points per game on the road compared to at home. So, uh, but for, regardless, CJ Stroud, sixty seven hundred dollars. Nico Collins is in a good spot. You see, Marlon Humphrey is going to be out for this game. That's going to hurt. That secondary that they have, their secondary is not that great to begin with, but uh, you know Marlon Humphrey really where they win as well as being able to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, if C.J. Stroud can withstand that, I think Stroud you know could be another spot we look at at sixty seven hundred dollars pair. It's a very easy spot to pair him with. Noah Brown was placed on IR. Uh, it's kind of thin here with who you, who you'd want to pair him with. I think it's Nico Collins. You could look at uh, Dalton Schultz, but I also think the other option you could look at would be John Mechie. As a cheaper option, he actually ran the, uh, the, the second most routes last week, but he's thirty four hundred dollars. I think you could look there as well. He doesn't have um, so three catches, forty four yards in that game last week um, against the Browns. So I think you could look there if you're wanting a pay down option. John Mechie uh, could be that guy. Um, so I think both of those quarterbacks, Stroud and Jaden Reed, I think are very easy plays. I agree with you on the Chiefs and Bills game. That game just—I know we had that game where it absolutely went nuclear. But it was all at the very end of that game, and that was one of the craziest games we've ever seen. I mean, that could definitely happen again with these two teams, but I don't expect it. I mean, the Chiefs' defense has been phenomenal this year. Uh, they, they have really shut down opposing um, number one wide receivers. I mean, nobody's done anything against them. I mean, Tyree Kill had the one catch, 50 yards. But other than that, he was pretty much goose egg the rest of the game. 
he, he was definitely not somebody that you wanted to play last week. So, but Stefan Diggs, this is somebody that I'm really all that concerned with. Uh, and they may even be without Gabe Davis. We'll have to see on that if he's able to. He was a non-participant again today. That's going to hurt this team, especially when you can take away Stefan Diggs. So it's going to have to the, – the one saving grace, I think, for the argument for Josh Allen is his rushing ability, right? Uh, we saw it last week, 74 rushing yards. Uh, he had eight carries. And you know, once you get to the playoffs, they're really going to ramp that up more. And so I think that is a way he could get there. He scored three touchdowns last week on only 203 passing yards. Still scored 33 um, DK points, four, four total touchdowns. Josh Allen's always in play because of his rushing upside. But I think, honestly, I think the play might be you just play Josh Allen naked and don't play him with anybody else. You don't have to worry about trying to get that right of who it's going to be. You know, is it going to be Cleo Shakur or is it going to be, um, you know, a, a Dalton Kincaid or, you know, a touchdown to Dawson Knox? I think just play Josh Allen naked and keep it moving because he can get there in so many different ways. And the offense pretty much runs through Josh Allen. So if you're going to play him, I think you just play him naked. I don't think you have to play him with anybody. Um, and as far as the Chiefs are concerned, it's kind of the same thing. You know, we Patrick Mahomes, uh, really, you have to go all the way back to the end of the year to find a true ceiling game from him uh, when he's uh, against the Chargers in Week 7 where he scored 37 DK points. Other than that, it just really hasn't got there. Now, I will say the Bills injury report is a little rough. They are going to be at without some pieces here. Uh, their safety, Taylor Rapp, has not practiced at all this week. Christian Benford, their corner, has not practiced. Uh, Terrell Bernard also hasn't practiced at all this week, along with Gabe Davis, hasn't practiced. Now, they did get Rasul Douglas back, who missed last week. He's been limited both days uh, as well. So he sounds like he should be okay. And Tyrell Dotson as well has gotten in limited practices. So those guys sound like they're going to be okay here for this matchup. But uh, other than that, you know, I, I, I think I'd rather have pieces from this game than I would rather, um, you, know, uh, you know, game sack this game. And if, could this game go nuclear? Yes. But I do think that. Uh, I, I just don't think it's a matchup here that you just have to go all in on. Um, I think I would just get some pieces, whether it's Rasheed Rice, whether it's Isaiah Pacheco, or like I said, Josh Allen, I think is a way you could look to. But um, as far as the quarterbacks, like I said, I think those are the ones that I'm going to have the most interest in. Jared Goff is it is very interesting at 6,300. He's also on the cheaper side. Tampa Bay's pass defense has been uh, dreadful. Uh, I don't. The Eagles just look like they were just checked out, like they had no interest in winning that game. It was embarrassing to watch that. The fact that they couldn't do absolutely nothing. I think it's a completely different matchup here. But regardless of that, I think that's kind of where I'm going to look at a quarterback. It's going to be Josh Allen, and it's going to be uh, Jared, or excuse me, uh, Jordan Love. And then I'm going to have some C.J. Stroud as well, because I think all of them are, are, are options here I really like. Let's move over to running back. And I think this is going to be an interesting spot to talk about, because you have the Christian McCaffrey, do you play him or do you not at $8,800? Uh, kind of like Tyree Kill was last week. Uh, in kind of a similar situation, or I guess CeeDee Lamb would probably be a better uh, argument to make there because nobody was really wanting to play Tyree Kill. But, and then you have Aaron Jones, who has been on a heater the last month of the season. 6,700 uh, he is, and then Jameer Gibbs is 66. Rashad White is 6,500. Isaiah Pacheco is 6,400. James Cook is 63. David Montgomery is 6,100. And then Gus Edwards, Dev, uh, Devin Singletary, you know, Justice Hill, guys like that are in the, the 5K range. So what are you looking to do at running back? I'm playing McCaffrey. I I think that this is a, a 35 point spot for him, uh, and I don't think anybody ha- else has the ceiling that he does on this slate outside of Amon Ra. Um, so I, I'm just going to click the button on McCaffrey and figure out you know who my running back two is. I, it's just a lot of these guys are just project as like very average for me this week. Like none of these guys. I mean, they all have good roles, but none of them are in good spots. Like 
Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones obviously is, you know, has a, a very, very good role, uh, you know, with AJ Dillon possibly out again. Um, but at the same time, like Dallas has been gashed. We've seen Dallas over the last, you know, month, they give up a historic game to James Cook and, and Aaron Jones is, you know, very similar to run, running back style to, to James Cook. And, uh, you know, they, they just get gashed by these explosive running backs. And I just don't think that San Francisco is going to allow Green Bay to do that. Um, I think they're going to they're going to force Jordan Love to beat them. Um, and so I like Aaron Jones. I think his role is, is safe and fine, but I think he's going to be elevated in ownership off based off of last week's performance. Um, and then you've got, you know, Pacheco has got a tougher matchup in Buffalo. But again, has a good, a really good role locked in there. Uh, you know, both Gibbs and Montgomery, we talked about, you know, Detroit's probably going to want to throw the ball. Uh, they already showed that they wanted to do it earlier this year when they matched up. And, and teams all year have wanted to throw against Tampa Bay. Uh, and then that pretty much leaves James Cook left for me. Uh, and we mentioned it, you know, we've mentioned it all year that Kansas City gets shredded by pass catching running backs. Um, so I actually I actually like the, the idea if you're p- playing Josh Allen to stack him with James Cook and you know get get the James Cook receiving ability um through the air and, and James Cook scored 25 DK points against Kansas City earlier this year and, and it was because of his pass game usage so if there was a running back that's going to catch a lot of passes and and possibly score through the air I, I think it's James Cook this week <coughs> excuse me uh, a couple of things that I would mention here now it's Christian McCaffrey so I'm not gonna uh dig too far into this but I, what I will say since week 15, over basically the last four games of the uh, regular season, uh, this Green Bay defense has actually been pretty good against the run. They've actually allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards per game. And their stuff rank, uh, ranked top 12 in the league over the last four games as well. So they've actually been a little bit better as, as, as well as explosive run rate. They have the third lowest explosive run rate allowed to running backs over that span. Um, again, for the whole sample size, they were really good or really bad against the run. And it looks like they, they kind of tightened things up a little bit. Um, one thing I will say, though, is you can run on the San Francisco team. We talked about this last week with Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a team that you can easily run on, and San Francisco is the same way. I mean, if you look at San Francisco, they are top eight in rushing yards per game over their last four games. Uh, their stuff rate is, is right down there at the lowest in the league. They're actually the third lowest rate in the league in terms of stuff rank. Uh, yards after contact per attempt is they rank third in yards after contact per attempt to running backs. So I do think Aaron Jones, whether uh, – A.J. Dillon plays or not, I think Aaron Jones is in a really, really good spot here. He finally had that monster game. He finally scored a touchdown. That was kind of been the thing that kind of been holding him back. But dropped a 35 burger. I think people might chase him, but still, I still think it's in a really good spot. $6,700 against San Francisco. So I think he's uh, he is definitely in play. With Jarek McKinnon being out, we have seen Isaiah Pacheco kind of be the true workhorse. He saw 24 carries. Uh, in the l- last week's game against the Dolphins, 89 yards and a score in that one. Uh, he has shown some uh, games where he has the ability to uh, see a ceiling. In most games, last week they didn't really have to throw the ball much. So they didn't have to really utilize him in the passing game. I think that could ramp back up as, as definitely an option. We have to remember, too, the last time these two teams played, Buffalo and the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco didn't play. He was out in that game. And so that obviously played a factor uh, with with him. But he will be back. But We've seen games where he has seen seven and five, you know, seven, four, three, five targets, you know, with Jarek McKinnon out. So I think he can easily see a 20 plus point upside. He's $6,400. He's on the cheaper side in terms of all the quarter, all the running backs that are sitting out here. Another, another sneaky one might be Devin Singletary as well. 
Uh, last week, you know, he saw 13 carries, 66 yards. He's also uh, a little bit involved in the passing game. Sees three or more targets in four of his last five games as well. But uh, Baltimore is another team that you can easily that you can run on here. Uh, they're right behind uh, San Francisco in terms of um, some of these numbers. Rushing yards per game, they allow the ninth most rushing yards per game uh, to opposing running backs as well. Their stuff rate is at, is right down there with them as well. They allow the the fifth uh, the fifth lowest stuff rate in the league. So this is also a team that you can run on. Explosive run rate is also uh, really high. They allow the fifth highest explosive run rate to running backs. So Devin Singletary, who's only 5,700, um, I think you could look there as well as another option uh, to stack with this game, this Baltimore game on uh, you know the first game on the slate. So Devin Singletary, who I expect to probably be a little bit low owned, I think he shouldn't be because uh, Damian Pierce is not involved at all. I think he's only played 41 total snaps uh, over the last four games. So he has been completely phased out. It's been Devin Singletary's backfield for the most part. And then you have Dario Ngubawale, Mixing in a little bit. So $5,700 uh, Devin Singletary, I think, is another direction you could look at here for running back. But I'm going to be pretty concentrated on, I think, Aaron Jones, Pacheco, and I'll have some Devin Singletary in there as well. Um, I'm not as excited to play the Detroit Lion running backs. I think if I did, it's Jameer Gibbs. David Montgomery can always get there by scoring multiple touchdowns. But you know, as you said, Tampa Bay's running back or defense has been very good against the run. They've been stingy against it all year. Um, I'm. This isn't a game that I'm going to get cute and go with some uh, Detroit running back. So um, I, I don't. I don't have any interest there. But uh, is there any other running backs you want to hit on? No. Let's jump over to wide receivers. I already kind of hit on some of these guys. Amon Ross St. Brown is 8,200. Uh, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, Nico Collins, and Stephon Diggs are all in the 7K range. The 6K range is Brandon Ayuk, Rishi Rice, Chris Godwin, Zay Flowers. Here, um, one interesting note that I I do want to mention is uh, Derek Stingley was phenomenal last week. Uh, and he actually, something they haven't done with him all year is they, he actually shadowed Amari Cooper. And I wonder if that's what they do with him this week against Zay Flowers. Now, Zay Flowers isn't necessarily on the same scale as Amari Cooper, but he was he he's, he was phenomenal in that game. And I do wonder if that's what they do with him against this Baltimore team. Well, also, too, if Mark Andrews is back, uh, I think Andrews kills Zay Flowers' role. I mean, Zay Flowers didn't have a ceiling until Mark Andrews got hurt this year. So uh, they, they operate in a lot of the same ways. And I just – I think uh, – I think Andrews coming back, like if you think that Andrews is limited, I think that just throws a, a wrench into everything from a Baltimore perspective because you know Andrews is going to get high value targets near the near the uh, near the end zone in the end zone, um, you know. So that takes away Isaiah Likely, uh, you know, it takes away touchdown upside from all these other guys like uh, Odell and and uh, Zay and Bateman. Um, so it's just, but but at the same time, you don't want to play Andrews because, uh, you know, if he's not going to be on the field, you know, for every snap, I mean, he's not going to be able to rack up yards. And that, at that point, you would need two touchdowns. Um, and even then, he's not necessarily breaking the slate. Uh, you know, catches three balls for 20 yards and, and two scores. I mean, that's, that's a good score. Uh, I guess two touchdowns would probably be fine. But, um, I mean, you, it seems like if, if he's going to play, uh, he might not play, you know, full allotment but he is practicing in full so that's definitely uh, a report we need to pay attention to uh heading into the weekend because it will impact these receivers for baltimore um but i do think there are some um good receivers that are that are value receivers this week we mentioned uh the detroit tampa bay game uh at the top um you know jameson williams and and, and 
Josh Reynolds are both really good plays, assuming Khalif Raymond's out. Uh, Trey Palmer on the other side of that. Palmer actually has had a role the entire year, uh, you know, getting a handful of targets a game. He's a he's a big speed guy, uh, and Detroit has has shown that they they can struggle they can struggle with speed. So um, Palmer's another good spot. Uh, Watson for Green Bay, uh, assuming he plays. Uh, he played uh, played in that game last week, so sh- he should be good to go. Um, I, I mean, again, you mentioned it's it's a good spot for the Green Bay receivers. Uh, and if everybody's loading up Reed and Dobbs, uh, Watson's only 4,200. And we know, you know, he he does have, uh, you know, big playability. So I, th- I definitely think he's interesting. Um, and then if Andrews were to sit out, I definitely would have more interest in like an Odell or a Bateman. Um, but again, Baltimore just rotates in so many guys like Aguilar gets in there and gets snaps. Uh, that that I would I would focus more on the the Detroit and Tampa Bay values or or even Christian Watson uh, as well. So those are the value guys I like. And then up top, uh, I really like Amon Ra. I, I'm probably just going to play Amon Ra and McCaffrey and then figure out the rest. And outside of outside of Amon Ra, uh, I don't. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk is under seven K, and that seems uh, well. I guess that's that's pretty in line with where he's been all year. He's been right around that seven K mark, but I guess it just feels low. Uh, considering his ceiling, um, you know we've seen him multiple times get into that twenty-five to thirty-point range this year, uh, and, and under seven K against Green Bay, that, it feels like a good spot for for Ayuk, uh, especially if you know if Green Bay's run D does hold up a little bit, that that takes away value from from Debo because uh, they they like to use Debo in the run game as well uh, when they're able to you know kind of push teams around. So if they have to resort to the air, uh, that's I think that's more of a boost to. Uh, you can kittle than it is uh, Debo, but I, I do think McCaffrey's going to have a good game regardless whether it's on the ground or through the air, uh, and still like Ayuk there. So those are those are kind of the receivers that I'm focused on. I, I'm you know like I said I, I'm pretty much out on Evans. I uh, probably won't play Nico Collins. I'm I've been out on Stephon Diggs. Uh, Rishi Rice is probably the only other guy that I'd like to pay up for just because of how solid his role is. Uh, and Buffalo, you know, showed that they can give up big games to. Pickens and and Deontay Johnson last week, so I don't like what. So why can't they do the same for uh, Rice and Mahomes? And uh, Rice had a good game against them, you know, when they played earlier this year as well. So he's he's just a really good really good player, uh, and I think he's a really good play this week. So I like Rishi Rice as well. <clears throat> yeah, so I think when you look at some of these options at wide receiver, oh, I already talked kind of talked a little bit about Houston, but I do want to mention. I mean, last week. Uh, Nico Collins saw a 34% target share last week, which is uh, pretty, pretty good. And then, like I said, you're going to have no Noah Brown. He will not be available. Uh, he is hurt. Uh, John Mechie, though, as I mentioned, he actually ran 68% of the routes, saw a 15% target share last week, uh, He had, which is more than uh, even Robert Woods, who ran 36% of the routes, saw a 10% target share. And then you had Xavier Hutchinson, who also ran 32% of the routes. So it feels like Robert Woods and Hutchinson are splitting touches. But John Mechie with uh, Noah Brown out, it feels like he's probably going to be on the field almost every single down. So $3,400 John Mechie, I think, is definitely something that I would have interest in, especially if I'm looking to pay up for the pay-up options like Amon Ross Brown and Christian McCaffrey at wide receivers. Uh, I really like Nico Collins. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy play, especially if you look at uh, like I said, Marlon Humphrey is going to be out. That is going to hurt this secondary. The rest of their secondary pieces aren't anything to really be that overly concerned with. You have Stevens, who 
is kind of a, a the, the player that every that every team seems to target for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's going to be out there, but he is. I think I believe he's um, uh, dealing with a sickness. We'll have to see on that. But I, I do I do think he's going to play. And then you also have Ronald Darby's old ass that I'm not worried about. So I think Nico Collins can absolutely crush him. Uh, when Nico Collins has been someone that can definitely show a ceiling. The last two games, he has put up 37 and a half and 22. And really, uh, I mean, they smashed Cleveland. They didn't really have to do anything, you know, later in that game, or else it could have been a lot worse uh, for Cleveland there, that 45 to 14 beatdown. So Nico Collins is 100% in play for me. Rishi Rice, I totally agree. He's another guy that uh, just sees such an incredible workload here within this offense. Last week, he ran 91% of the routes, saw a 31% target share at you know, at his cost of $6,800. He's on the you know cheaper in terms of the stud wide receivers anyways. But at 31% target share, uh, everybody else, I mean, nobody else really saw anything close to him. Uh, Nicole Hartman ran 44% of the routes. Justin Watson ran 65% of the routes. Uh, they did get back. Our, Sky Moore's uh, window was opened and Canarius Tony as well. But I don't, I don't think either one of them are going to play in this game, to be honest with you. I think all the, the everything's going to flow through Rishi Rice as it has been. So I do think Rishi Rice uh, is another option. I like him a lot. Uh, he was only like 6% owned last week. I was shocked at how low owned he was. Uh, he was a pretty easy play to fit in there. I'm not all that excited to play Zay Flowers, like you already mentioned, with, with Mark Andrews coming back. Plus, I think Derek Stingley could end up shadow covering him uh, here uh, to kind of take him away. I actually think Odell is in a pretty good spot. I think this is kind of what they've been saving him for all year uh, was this type of matchup where, you know, they didn't really want to use him as much. He was more of a part-time player. I think you could see them unleash Odell Beckham and play much more closer to 80, 90% of the snaps here. Now we're into the playoffs. So uh, Odell at $4,600. Uh, Khalil Shakur, it looks like Gabe Davis isn't going to play. He's once again, missed uh, each of the last two weeks. This was a game for them last week where they kind of took over. Uh, they didn't really have to throw the ball as much. But uh, he, uh, Khalil Shakir did have that big run, uh, which was pretty impressive, with th- uh, 31 yards and his touchdown last week uh, for him. But I think he could get there as well, especially if uh, the Chiefs uh, push them uh, pretty hard. I think Khalil Shakir is another value play at $3,800. But I suspect he's probably going to be one of the more popular value plays. I think John Mechie might be the guy that I like the most in terms of all the pay-down options uh, this week. But I think that's kind of where I'm going to come in at. Like I've already said, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pan a flag on, on Jaden Reed. I know he didn't come. I know he didn't really work out last week. Uh, Christian Watson, I would expect to be more involved in the passing game than he was last week. Now that was his first game back. They kind of uh, eased him back in. He played 38, he ran 38% of the routes, only a 5% target share. Romeo Dobbs, 76% of the routes with a 30% target share. Last week, and then Jaden Reed ran 52% of the routes. Like I said, they got up pretty quickly. I feel like that uh, the, some of that had to do with why the Jaden Reed didn't see the field as much. But the, it is a little bit crowded with Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, duh, Dontavian Wicks, and Bo Melton all mixing in and all running routes and getting targets. So it does make it something where maybe you just kind of avoid playing any Green Bay wide receiver or taking a stand on one. And I'm perfectly okay to do so with Jaden Reed here at wide receiver. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. But I, I do have interest in playing Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans can crush here. Uh, the, the Lions, like I've said, they don't give up a – or they haven't been giving up a ton of touchdowns. But on the year, they still have allowed the third most DK points to the position. They've also top three in uh, touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. They've allowed 22 here. And so I, I just feel like, though, if if Baker Mayfield can hit him on a couple – I mean, 
Mike Evans should have had a monster day last week. He dropped a couple what should have been uh, touchdowns uh, last week against the Eagles. That day could have been a lot different uh, for Mike Evans, where I, I think he would have had another huge day. So he's the preferred red zone option as well. So I don't mind getting to Mike Evans if you can fit him in. Uh, the only thing I was going to ask you, do you have a preferred lean on the San Francisco wide receivers? Would you rather play Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like it. Like in the, cause Debo gets involved a lot with like his ceiling comes from yards after catch and, and, you know, touchdowns, whether that's on the ground or through the air and in a matchup like this, I, I think that Purdy's going to have to throw the ball a little bit. Um, and it just, I think it just caters more towards Ayuk uh, than the gadgety type plays with, uh, with Debo. So yeah. And, and Ayuk is cheaper as well. Yeah. He's 6,900. Yeah. Cause like Debo's not going to run hot from a touchdown perspective every single game, you know, like he, like he did those two or three weeks in a row. Yeah. He smashed for about week 12 to week 15. And then he's, he's fallen off since then week 16, 9.4. Yeah. 17, he scored 18.2, and then he scored 5.2. So, yeah, I mean, he had, he had, uh, what was it, two, three, four, five, six, seven touchdowns in those three games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a, <laughs> that had a lot to do it with it. crazy. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move over to the tight end position and where you have, once again, a very cheap Travis Kelsey uh, at 6K. Then you have Sam Laporte at 5,900. Uh, Kittle is 52. Mark Andrews, 5K. And then Kincaid, Likely, Schultz uh, are all in the 4K range. 3K is Luke Musgrave, Kate Otten, Taylor Cra- or Tucker Craft, excuse me, and Dawson Knox. So what are you looking to do at tight end? Uh, if their name starts with K, I'm playing them. So Kelsey, Kittle, uh, Kincaid, and Cade Otten. Those are, those are the four. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Stuff K. K. Yeah. If it starts with K, whether it's K I or C A, th- those are the that's that's the rule for this week for playing tight end. Uh, no, but yeah, K- Kelsey, you know, he saw ten targets last week. Um, he saw a good good amount of targets against Buffalo earlier this year as well. But for, for whatever reason, Kelsey's issue has been drops this year. Like, I'm sure you can attest to watching every single minute of every single Chiefs game. It seems it just seems like Kelsey has just dropped a lot of wide open passes and and even a couple touchdowns. Um, so I still think there is a ceiling there for him. And I think, you know, people are going to look at a 6K price tag and be like, eh, he's washed. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to pay that. Um, you know, normally, if if you told me we had Kelsey at 6K when he's an eight, usually an 8K tight end on a, on a four-game slate, I would tell you he was going to be 65% owned. But I think he's going to come in at like 20 to 25 um, so you're definitely going to get a, a discount on ownership, uh, due to his lack of, of ability to, to put up a ceiling this year. But I mean, the role is still there, right? Like he's going to be heavily involved. Um, and he has flashed a ceiling this year, like 19, 23, 24, 38, 16, 15, a couple 14s, like, th- like his ability to score points is still there. Uh, so I, I think Kelsey is, I'm not going to overthink that. Um, I, I like Kelsey a lot. Uh, Kittle as well. You know, I already mentioned I liked Purdy. It's a really good spot for Kittle against Green Bay. Green Bay hasn't covered tight ends the entire season. Uh, Kincaid is another one that gets a boost from Gabe Davis being out. Uh, it's, um, you know, especially if, if Diggs is is not going to have a good game being followed around by Snead. Uh, you know, Kansas City has shut down wide receivers all year, which I wasn't on Shakir last week. 
Um, and I, I'm not going to be on him again this week. And if he doesn't, if Shakira doesn't break that tackle, he scores like five points uh, without that, that abysmal tackling from the Steelers allowing him to score that touchdown. Um, so I think Shakir is going to going to be one of the more popular values, and and I just don't like him. Uh, I think Cook and and Kincaid are the two two options that Buffalo leans into because uh, tight ends and, and running backs are are where you know de- offenses have had to uh, filter their volume against Kansas City's defense this year. So I like them, and then obviously Kate Otten had a big big week last week against Philly, but that's, there's nothing to say that he can't do that again against Detroit. Um, you know, 11 targets last week. Uh, he only has four touchdowns this year, but 3,500. I mean, he has flashed a ceiling of 24 points against Houston in week nine. Um, only had two targets against Detroit earlier this year, but I, you know, one game sample is not anything that, you know, I want to fully rely on, but uh, those are the, those are the four tight ends that I like this week. Yeah. There's not much else for me to put it. Uh, only thing that I was going to ask you about was the green Bay situation or green Bay, the Baltimore situation. It does sound like Mark Andrews could return. Um, he is questionable. I do think that there is a shot here that he is limited and doesn't get a play a full route trade, especially with as well as Isaiah Likely is playing. Would you have any interest in playing Isaiah Likely? Yeah, if Andrews is out, absolutely. Houston, yeah, I'm Houston. saying with, with Andrews playing. Oh, with play Andrews like playing, no. I'm not playing either of them. You think they just cannibalize each other? Yeah. Because <clears throat> I don't I – don't, they have not struck me as a team that, that feels the need to play both of them on the field at the same time. Right. I, I don't think that happens. And so if we get word that Andrews is a full go, I will have an- interest in Andrews because people don't want to play tight. Like anybody coming off a, a you know, long-term injury. Um, But if Andrews, if, there, if there's like reports that Andrews is going to get full allotment of snaps or whatever, I absolutely would play Mark Andrews because he can, he's one of the only tight ends on the slate that can score twice. Yeah, and I mean, Houston has struggled against opposing tight ends at time, but it's much more volume-based than anything because they have been targeted at the second highest rate in the league, you know, against opposing tight ends, allowing uh, 14.1 DK points, but like I said, 145 targets. And then um, really the same thing with Tampa Bay as well. You can look at there. They have actually allowed uh, the third most DK points to the position as well, 14.9 DK points. They've allowed these third most touchdowns as well to tight end. So Tampa Bay, I think, is another, you know, so Sam Laporta, who, you know, didn't, I thought looked better than what I was expecting to look coming off that injury last week. He's been limited this week. I do expect him to play. I mean, he wasn't um, heavily involved, three targets, but I felt like, you know, when in terms of that injury that he suffered, that kind of hyperextension, bone bruise that he suffered is, is very similar to what Travis Kelsey suffered, you know, earlier in the season. Travis Kelsey had missed a week and then played. But um, I do think that he's – I think the second week back is going to help him um, from that injury. And so Sam Laporta, I think, is in play. I mean, Tampa Bay has been, uh, like I said, really bad against opposing tight ends. 5,900 there. And so um, I, I don't mind playing Sam Laporta either. I, I think more so than anything, I'm probably just going to include whoever – what quarterback I pick in my stack. That's probably the way that I'm going to look at it. Um, in terms of who I'm playing. So I don't have a strong lean on one of them over the other. I, I If I were to hear that, you know, Mark Andrews is going to be on some sort of a pitch count, which I would expect him to be, then I do think Isaiah Likely, who nobody's going to play, comes into play. He doesn't have to do a lot to beat value either. As long as none of these tight ends just go nuclear, 
Um, if we see kind of, uh, you know, outside of, I guess, Jake Ferguson last week, who did go nuclear at 37, but everybody else was kind of, you know, a little bit lower than that or uh, much lower than that. If, if it's much more of like a balanced week in terms of tight end where you have a bunch of guys who score 15, 16, then I think somebody like Isaiah Likely uh, could definitely meet that. He is on the cheaper side at $4,700. So um, I don't mind going there if we get some sort of word here that uh, that Mark Andrews is going to be severely limited or anything like that. So. Uh, let's move over to defense here, and we always start at the bottom. Uh, you know, Houston Texans was a defense I know you were on. They ended up coming through with two defensive scores, 21 DK points last week for that defense. But uh, who are you looking at playing this week? Uh, I like the Ravens, and I like the Bills defenses, both both at home. Uh, Ravens, if salary wasn't an issue, uh, and Bills, if you're looking for a little bit cheaper. I actually like the Chiefs defense. We, we have seen uh, Josh Allen uh, at times get in trouble with turning the ball over. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs defense can definitely get home. They have one of the best pass rushes. So fumbling can also be an issue there for Josh Allen. So Chiefs defense at $2,700. Um, and then, you know, if you want to play the Packers, I don't, I don't hate it either. You know, like I said, they, they that's kind of what I'm looking for, right? A team that is going to rush the, the quarterback at a high rate. That's exactly what the Packers do. Like I said, the third highest rate in the league. If they can get home on and cause Brock Purdy, which we know can make some really bad decisions once he's pressured. Like, you know, perfect example would be that Baltimore game at home where that Baltimore Ravens defense. Now, I, I don't think the Packers defense is as good as, uh, you know, as, you know, or the Baltimore Ravens, or the Packers aren't as good as the Baltimore Ravens defense, but I still think they are good enough to be able to get pressure on a quarterback. And if they could do that, I think they could cause Brock Purdy to make a mistake. All we really need is a pick six. You get something like that or a fumble or a return for a touchdown, and the, these, these really cheap defenses are going to pay off. Um, I, I'm not all that excited about paying up for somebody like the Ravens or the 49ers here. I, I think I, I prefer to pay down. Like I said, even the Texans, I think, are in play at 2,900. I'm probably going to stick there and mix between the Texans, Chiefs, and Packers here for my defensive exposure to pay down a little bit to get access to some of these other options here that are a little bit more expensive. So that's kind of the way that I look at defense this week. Yep, I'm good with that. Let's go ahead and move over and build a lineup. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. All right. Go, go ahead and click McCaffrey. I think we might make two lineups. I want to see what a lineup looks like without him. Just kind of feel, just get, kind of get an idea. Because I think it's going to be kind of the, the linchpin of your your team and your, your lineup construction. So, all right. McCaffrey um, there. You know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lock in Jordan Love. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go Jaden Reed. And then I'm going to play Pacheco at running back. Let's get our value receiver from our quarterback as well. Let's play Christian Watson. Let's go for a full Green Bay San Francisco stack. A tight end. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Dalton Kincaid, a little mini, little mini stack. So that leaves. Uh, what defense do you want to throw in there? Just put a uh, Bills in for now. They're twenty eight hundred. All right, so we do that, at least $5,800 remaining for a wide receiver and a flex. So what I will say is you could play Amon Ross St. Brown with this, and then it leaves exactly $3,400, which if I did that, I would plug in John Mechie for Houston. I'm good with that if you are. So that would leave $0 remaining. It would be Jordan Love, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Dalton Kincaid, John Mechie, and Bill's defense. The only, only other route I, I saw was uh, instead of Mechie, you play OBJ, and then it gets you either Ayuk for a complete game stack or Rishi Rice. 
but I'm good with I'm good with the Mechi uh Amon Ra side. I think Amon Ra smashes. You could also, if you wanted to do a, a game stack there with that Baltimore game, you could go Nico at seventy one hundred, um, uh, Odell at forty six, and then just drop down from the Bills. From the Bills, yeah. The Chiefs, if you wanted, or the Packers, or whatever. Yeah, any of those are good routes. And then you'd have Love, McCaffrey, Pacheco, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Nico Collins. See, it's it's I I don't think it's I don't think it's that hard to build with with McCaffrey. I think it's pretty easy actually. And that's with I my mean, with Amon Ra too. <laughs> All right, let's 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 uh, try this again. This this one's going to be a non Christian McCaffrey line. All right. Well, go ahead and throw Amon Ra in because I I don't think you fade both of them. So let's start there. Let's go with so golf. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go back to it. Let's go back to Josh Reynolds. We liked him last week. Let's play him again. You are the Josh Reynolds whisperer. I'm going to run Mike Evans. Let's go. Uh, let's go James Cook. And then I'm going to go Aaron Jones. Is there a 3K receiver you like? Like, can you play Hutchinson or no? I think you could. He's going he's gonna to be a or little Hardman, more involved. McColl. Yeah, I think the best your best bet would be a Chiefs wide receiver. And to be fair, fucking McCole Hardman should have had <laughs> a couple touchdowns, at least one for sure. There was another one that he was held. But yeah, I, I, I'm fine with plugging in McCole Hardman. Because we can play Kelsey. And then it leaves 3K with uh, Packers D. Um, Obviously, we don't have to play Kelsey. We can go... Uh, we have a Green Bay. We don't have any San Fran, so Kittle makes sense there. Um, you could do like Kittle. Kittle Chiefs leaves thirty seven. I think it's kind of crazy to not play any San Fran guys. So I kind of like the Kittle side. Um, I mean we can keep McCall Hardman in there, and then just pay up all the way for defense. Yeah, can, I, I think triple you can do stack that. golf. <laughs> we could play Jamison Williams too. I don't think that's a good play though. I don't. I don't think triple stack makes sense. I mean, you could go with a little late night hammer and just uh, with no Chiefs, I guess, and go Khalil Shakur at thirty eight hundred dollars. I know we already got Cook, so um, we could go uh, Pacheco instead of Cook and play and have a little mini there. This is what I mean when I when I said you know everybody's kind of priced the same. It's like. You, there's not many sacrifices that are made from going up or down. It's like, it's just kind of just picking guys like Cook and Pacheco are only a hundred apart. The defenses are only like 700 apart. Yeah. That's why I said, I feel like the, the big question mark for this slate though is going to still be Christian McCaffrey Yeah, uh, or not to play Christian McCaffrey. Cause like this line, cause so even to play, to do a Pacheco Shakir stack, you have to, you have to remove. Uh, you have to basically go with the Bucks defense to play the team. You have to play Goff, Pacheco, Aaron Jones, Amon Ross, Brown, Josh Reynolds, Mike Evans, George Kittle, Khalil Shakir, and Bucks D. Uh, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go with the Bucks nah. D considering of this. But uh, you just play point, Packers D. There's no. There's no, nothing left. Oh, it's well, hundred short. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the other route of going McCullough and Kelsey, honestly. Compared to that, and go cook. You mean 
James Cook go back to the way it yeah, was? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be Cook, Cook, Kelsey, Hardman, and Packers D. There's no San Fran, but they can always spread the ball around. Elijah Mitchell could run one in. or So, golf, Jerry, James Cook, Aaron Jones, um, Amonon St. Brown, James, Josh Reynolds, uh, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, McCall uh, Hardman, and Packers defense with no money remaining. So, which team do you like better, the the McCaffrey team or the this team? I like the McCaffrey team, personally. I like. I really like Green Bay San Francisco game. Listen, CHP, utilizing Rashad Penny wouldn't have helped a goddamn thing. Okay, <laughs> they they got absolutely oh, man. the soul crush out of them from that uh, that game. Yeah, that was uh them in Dallas. That was those were the two uh, disaster spots last week. The the crazy part to me is like you knew what they were going to do that they were going to blitz the hell out of you and like they had it's like they had no answer for it they had no answer for it I'm like what are we doing like like try to do something get some screens going out you know something to get this uh, you know you have DeAndre Swift which is a good pass catching running back you know do something to try to you know break this blitz and they wouldn't do it it was just like he had very little time to throw like I don't know I think Nick Sirianni is one of those fake sharp uh, head coaches he's not actually a good coach. It's because he had uh, um, Steichen with him last year. Steichen's a beast. I mean, Indy scored a ton of points all year long. Yeah, and that with a lot of it was not even with Anthony Richardson was with uh, um, I can't think of his name um, Gardner Minshew. So uh, yeah, uh, but anyways, that was a, a brutal, brutal sight to watch. Though I will say, at least uh, Devontae Smith got there. Um, he had a big game. He did. He did smash. He's but, a beast. I mean, we saw Goddard call Jalen Hurts a bitch on the sideline. I mean, that, that's <laughs> good. You know? <laughs> God, that's ruthless. Yeah. That's the city of brotherly love. Josh, Jameson Williams week. Man, you know how, much, how many times I played Jameson Williams thinking he's going to break out? It, but then he does break out and he scores 10 points. <laughs> it's like he catches two balls for, for 40 yards and a touchdown. I would love if he did, you know. I'll probably I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a fish and I'm nah, gonna play him. Uh, I'm gonna nah, throw him out there. Just play hope. Josh Reynolds. He's only a hundred dollars more. When he scores two touchdowns, you'll you'll be loving life. I do think I know we didn't really talk about it, but I do think Rashad Bateman's kind of interesting too. But yeah, Baltimore just plays so many guys. Because Aguilar gets in there, and Bateman and Flowers and OBJ and Likely and Andrews and both running backs and Lamar. They have legit 11 guys that can score touchdowns. I, just Baltimore's, I feel like like of all the teams that probably have the most pressure on them this weekend, I think it might be Baltimore or the Bills. Because two teams that have kind of really struggled in the playoffs, the Baltimore has really struggled in the playoffs. That's kind of been the big problem with Lamar Jackson as it's been in struggle in the playoffs. And then the same thing with the Bills. I mean, the Chiefs have just kind of had their number. Every single time in the playoffs, I think the, I think the Bills are three and one in Josh, with Josh Allen in the regular season, and they're zero and two in the playoffs. So, um, eventually, they're, they're going to get that that uh, that monkey off their back. I think, and it wouldn't shock me if it was this weekend. They are at home. This is kind yeah. of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we should do a drinking game for how many times they say this is Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game this weekend because <laughs> they're going to say it a fucking lot. Because that's Tony, all I've heard. Already. Tony Romo is is just got a major stiffy for Josh Allen and um, Patrick Mahomes facing off this week. 
Yeah. So they're, they're, it's all going to be talked about. It's uh, going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be mentioned a million times. Yeah. But, but uh, I don't know. I, I think this weekend is a really solid uh, group of games. Outside of the really the Bucks, who I think are probably the worst team that are left. I think they're pretty average um, at best. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I saw uh, somebody posted that in week one, the Ravens were like picked in 36% of survivor pools, and that was like one of the highest percentage picks of the year. And they played Houston in week one, and now they're facing off to go to the AFC Conference Championship, which is crazy. Oh man! Like, be like how far we've how far we've come, right? Like, it, like the Ravens were just a slam dunk lock in week one, and now it's like, eh, not not so fast. Because CJ Stroud has been a baller this year; he's, like, a, he's, he's been a phenomenal. Man, I wish they had Tank Dell healthy this week. I think I think the Ravens win. I think Houston's just dealing with too many injuries. Tank Dell's out. Noah Brown's out. They're going to be relying on Mechie. And they still have Nico Collins. But Baltimore is some other tight ends. So Schultz is, isn't going to really make a huge impact. It's really going to be Nico Collins and, and nobody else. It's like Robert Woods is – is he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Uh, and Mechie, you know, Mechie just runs wind sprints a lot. Um, So, yeah. I would I would love to see Houston win. I'm a I'm a, I'm a fan of CJ Stroud, but I just don't know. I don't know if they can hold up again. Carolina has been kicking themselves for trading up, giving away DJ Moore, and drafting Bryce Young. Yeah, imagine if they had a Stroud with DJ Moore. It'd be kind of sick. Yeah, yeah. And then they're interviewing uh the Bucks OC now. Carolina is. I wouldn't want to go there. Like I know there's only, you know, 32 of these jobs to be a head coach, but to see what Tepper has done um, and the wild shit there, like, because yeah. it, by all accounts, it sounded like Frank Reich, not that Frank Reich was a good coach, but that he wanted CJ Stroud and it was Tepper who wanted Bryce Young. And that's who they went. Obviously he's the owner. So that's what they, that's what they went with. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a really bad situation uh, there. I don't know. I wouldn't want any part of that. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick possibly going to Atlanta. Is is Bill Belichick actually a good thing for Atlanta's offense, though? I don't know. <laughs> well, he's not Arthur Smith, so. Right, right. I watched well, him bring the Josh thing, McDaniels. The him. thing with Belichick, though, is is he was neutered in New England from making personnel decisions. Like, he wanted to trade Mac Jones and wasn't allowed, and he was just – he became handcuffed over the last year or two. So I, I think if they give him rain in Atlanta, you know, which is probably going to be one of his stipulations, right, is is he's going to call the shots and bring in his, his people that he wants. Well, that's fine, but they need a GM. Like, he's not a good GM. That's not his thing. When's the last time they drafted uh, the Patriots? Drafted well, if, a, I don't think they've ever drafted a 1,000-yard wide receiver. A, a skill position player. Yeah. You know, that was that, that made an impact. I mean, you, Rob Gronkowski? <laughs> yeah. You know, like – it's just not. I mean, but the Atlanta offense is stacked. Like you don't. It is stacked. It is stacked. Quarterback, and you know, so maybe I, I'm. I'm sure it'll probably be like Josh McDaniels. I saw Bill O'Brien. He left and went somewhere, um, uh, college route. So, anyways, I could talk about all this stuff all night. But so, <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Get everybody out of here. Uh, we'll be back again next week for the championship round. Uh, down to two. Um, 
Actually, what, what's your prediction? Who, who do you got next week that's going to be in the AFC, or AFC and NFC Championship games? I think it's the... I think all the home teams win. Again. Except for Dallas. <laughs> Literally every home team won last week except for Dallas. I think it's the same. I think it's Baltimore, San Fran, Detroit, Buffalo. Chalky pick, but I think that's what happens. I'm going to go Lions and Packers. I could see an upset there. And I'm going to go Ravens happens, and Chiefs I could see it. In, the, in the championship. Yeah, I think uh, I think Buffalo is going to knock off Baltimore in the AFC championship. And I think I think San Fran beats Detroit. I mean, San Francisco. What so San Francisco Buffalo Detroit uh, Super Bowl? Yeah, San Francisco. I mean, that would that would be that would be a lot of fun. I mean, that's a good showdown slate Super Bowl there. That's a good great showdown slate. My prediction is Green Bay will make the Super Bowl. Yeah, CHP, you're a Packers fan, aren't you? I guess you know. Wouldn't that be something? Aaron Rodgers leaves town and the Packers make the Super Bowl. (laughs) I mean, I will say this: if the Packers did upset them, that would be. it's definitely on the table then because I mean, they, they can definitely get past the lions, which we've already seen. Them oh before. yeah. I, I definitely think that Tampa Bay or Detroit is, is weaker than both of green Bay and San Francisco at this point. The only thing is Detroit would be playing at home. That would be nice, but yeah, but I don't know. There's going to be some sort of upset this weekend. I feel, and maybe it's the Texans knocking off the, the Ravens, I could easily see that as well. I mean, as well as they played in their defense. If the Texans were fully healthy, I, I would, I would like that a lot. I just don't, I just don't see it. With they literally only have Nico Collins this week. Maybe that's all you need. Nico's a stud. Maybe it is. Maybe he goes for two twenty <laughs> and two. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and get out of here. See everybody next week. Let's put some money this weekend. Stay safe this weekend. This should be, you know, some good weekends of football all around. Um, so if you haven't already, we do have a Discord. It's free. Uh, you can find any one of our videos in the link description. So other than that, have a good weekend. Stay safe if you are uh, traveling about. Other than that, win some money this weekend. We'll be back in next Thursday, same time, same place for the championship breakdown. We'll see who was right, who was wrong. Bye. You can tell me what to do. You know who you're talking to. Like you're a little man